This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 95. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 95. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. So happy to be here today. I've been sick the last couple days. Thank you, Vinny, for getting me sick. And I'm feeling so much better today. And the greatest thing about the day after being sick is like the unbridled energy that you have where you just feel invincible because you finally feel normal again and normal feels so amazing because it's all relative to your recent experience, right? So if you were like crippled in bed the day before, which I wasn't that bad, but if you felt down and out, being on the other side of that feels really amazing. So I'm feeling much, much better. My voice is not totally recovered, so you can just listen to my sexy radio voice. I wanted to start with some thank yous for reviews. So I've been reading new reviews. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, you can leave a review and you guys have been doing that and I've been reading them and they're so fun to read. And what I love is when people talk about a specific episode or just tell me something specific that they love about the show. A lot of people say things about laughing about certain things or being able to relate to certain things that they thought were maybe kind of uncommon among moms or among women. And then they realize in listening to the Shameless Mom Academy that we all have the same problems and we all hate the same things and we all suffer from the same circumstances, which I'll be talking about my recent suffering in just a minute. So thank you for those reviews. They mean so much to me. And if you haven't left a review yet and you've been waiting for just the right time, let's just push pause right now and do it. You can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and I'll wait while you do it. We can just sit here, hang out, sing a little song together 
You can go do it right now, though, and then pop right back to the show. You could actually even like listen to the show while you leave a review. It might be extra inspiration for you. So if you haven't left a review, please do so. I know we get thousands of listeners every week, and I don't have thousands of reviews yet. So I don't know what's up with all y'all not leaving reviews, but if you haven't left a review yet, I would love to hear what you have to say. So thanks in advance for the review you're going to be leaving later today or in a couple of minutes, once you're in a safe place, if you're driving or whatever, please don't try to leave a review while driving. But when you get to that safe place where you can stop for a moment and go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, leave me like one to two sentences. I mean, if you want to write a book, I love a good story. So please do so. But if you just have a minute, just one or two sentences is great. So thank you. I love you. Next, I wanted to thank you for your well wishes. So after last week's episode of my mom being sick and Vinny being sick and the mold and the rental house and the dog and the car and like all the things, I got lots of really nice messages. So just thank you for your well wishes. Everyone is doing well and we're covering well. I knew that things were better when I picked Vinny up from school yesterday and he proceeded to have like a two hour long tantrum. And I was like, oh, so I guess after five days, everyone's feeling better now. And my husband came home from work and he was like, what is going on here? I was like, yeah, I know. I'm not really sure. So it's funny. This always happens. I had been driving like two or three days ago. I was driving somewhere and I was thinking like, you know, we've really made it through the tough times. Vinny is just, he's been so fun lately and sweet and like he's listening well and he's being respectful and we've arrived. Like we've done our work with our work here is done. We've mastered parenthood. Like we're good. And of course, as soon as you think those things about parenting, that's when it all falls apart. Right? So yeah, that's what I thought the other day while driving. And then yesterday from the minute I walked into the classroom to pick Vinny up, I could just tell, I was like, Oh, this is not going to be good. And it's funny because his teachers are like, they think he's all cute and funny when he's being sassy to me. And so they're like, they weren't encouraging him, but they were like, kind of trying to like work around it and stuff. And I was just like, no, we're going like, I will drag you out of this classroom kicking and screaming. But I'm not like having this. I was trying to get him to clean up some toys in the middle of the classroom that he had messed up. And he was being super gamey about the whole thing and manipulative with his teachers, which they were totally buying into. And I was like, "Uh, no, like you can pick up the toys right now, or I will pick up the toys. But then there's going to be consequences if mommy picks up the toys. And the teacher was like trying to be all cute and fun, like, let's have a race and see who can pick up fastest. And I was like, or let's not have a race. And you can just pick up the toys you just dumped on the floor. And so yeah, I'm clearly not cut out to be a preschool teacher. And his attitude and sassiness just continued the whole way. He ultimately ended up crying the whole way home because he had to borrow a school shirt yesterday because his shirt got a smidge of applesauce on it at lunch. And we all know if you get a smidge of applesauce on your shirt at lunch, like everything in the world comes to a screeching halt. And so apparently he started getting naked in the middle of the classroom because of this obscene applesauce on his shirt. So they hand me down a shirt that they had at school. And the second he walked out of the building, he wanted to take off the shirt. And it was like, pouring rain and like 44 degrees and he's wanting to like strip down in the parking lot and I don't have a backup shirt for him in the parking lot and we walk to and from school so like the whole way home he's crying screaming down the street because he's having to wear the school shirt and it just got better from there I mean it was a whole night of screaming and crying and what have you and then you know what when he woke up this morning he was still screaming and crying about things like it just continued so I was like oh great so he's feeling better and here we are back to our the effing fours and I'm editing that if you have a small listeners with you, but in real life, I don't say it that way. I don't edit it. So I'll let you fill in the blanks on that. 
We're going to dive into today's episode in just a minute, but I want to touch base on what today is because I'm recording this in advance of the weekend. When this actually goes live, it will be Monday. I will actually still be in Washington, D.C. for the Women's March, which happened on Saturday. So I will be taking all sorts of notes and pictures, and I will do a full episode dedicated to the march, and that should be next week. My goal is that I will kind of plan for that whole episode on my flight home on Monday evening. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. So just know that I wasn't able to get an episode done in time to get that to you today, but I will be doing a full episode on the Women's March in Washington, D.C. and what my experience was. And I have to say, I'm so excited about going, but I'm a little bit nervous, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things could go sideways. So I'm trying to like put on my big girl pants. I'm trying to also just be a very responsible like person and mother in this whole thing and not be in something for the sake of being there, but be there as a responsible adult and not jeopardize like my own safety because I want to be in a certain place. And so I'm just aware of security and, you know, the things that could potentially happen when you have the inauguration of a president who doesn't really stand for women 24 hours before hundreds of thousands of women march on Washington. And those two crowds, you know, when the Women's March starts, the inauguration crowd will definitely still be in town. So that'll be a really interesting mix of people. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous about that. So I'm a good Catholic school girl, (laughs) like I'm ready to be on my best behavior. And I've been reading all the things what to do to take safety precautions. Um, There's been some really interesting things. So, you know, when I report to you next week, hopefully I will have lots of amazing, I'm sure I will have lots of amazing things to tell you, but I'm hoping that by the time this goes live, um, just a couple days after the march, that there's been no chaos or trauma or big drama about the whole thing. So, but just know that I will be reporting on that next week. And I also wanted to tell you why I'm going to the march because it is taking four days away from my family is a big deal going to Washington, DC. I live in Seattle. That's like a big flight. I'm taking the red eye on Friday, which by the way, when I booked the red eye, I'm going from the red eye. I get off the plane at 630 in the morning and dropping stuff at the hotel and going straight to the march, like without sitting down. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And so when I booked all this, I think I was like in my 21-year-old head where I was like, oh, this will just be such a fun adventure. And you know, when I have to admit, when you're traveling without kids, it's like, you know what? Anything can go wrong and it will be just fine because I don't have a child to worry about or you know, multiple children. And we all know what travel with kids versus travel without kids is like. It's like a freaking dream, even under the worst of circumstances. So I booked this red eye thinking it was a fun, adventurous idea. And then I woke up like one day last week and realized, oh, wait, I'm actually not 21. I'm actually 41. And I kind of need a lot of sleep. And I'm actually really cranky when I don't get sleep. And I don't know, like, why did I think this would be a fun adventure? Why did I book the red eye? So I'll let you know how that goes. But I wanted to tell you why I'm marching. Because I'm marching because my mission in the world, in my work, and everything that I do is to help women find their voices. And with my work in fitness, a lot of my work has been in helping women shrink. And I've talked about this before, that helping women shrink, like I want to help women feel amazing in the bodies that they have right now. I don't really want to help them work on feeling amazing when they lose 10 pounds. I want them to feel amazing now. And so that's been a struggle for me as a fitness professional in this ongoing plight of women to constantly shrink. And my goal for women is to live really big, like take up space, be loud, be heard, and like, own your stuff and be okay with it and be okay with your imperfections. And it's okay to like yourself, even if you have cellulite and even if you have back fat and all those kinds of things. Like none of those things diminish your value as a woman, diminish your value as a partner, diminish your value as a professional, diminish your value in any capacity in your life. And so part of the reason I want to march is because I'm so passionate about helping women find their voices and living big and bold and knowing what they stand for. And I've talked a lot about that, especially in light of the all the political stuff. I've talked about like knowing what you stand for. Know what your Nasty Women Manifesto is. And I did a whole episode on my Nasty Women Manifesto, which I will link to in the show notes here. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and then click on episode 95, you can find my Nasty Women Manifesto. But it's really important to me that as women, we know what we stand for. And you might stand for very different things than me, and that's okay, but you need to know what you stand for. The other reason I'm marching is because I want to actually be the person I want to be, not just dream about being the person I want to be. So I actually want to live the life that allows me to be this person. It's really nice to make your vision board about what the life that you want to live. And it's really nice to talk about your goals and all that kind of stuff, but you actually have to be that person. So if you want to be a person that gets what they go after in life, then actually go after the things that you want. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in my episode with Pratima, and, that, and I'll link to that episode as well, but she makes these great pieces of art with inspirational quotes. And she sent me one in advance of our interview that says, it's an Oprah Winfrey quote, and it says, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. I think that you should go after the things that you want. And I think you should actually be the person that you want to be. Don't think about like, well, Nat, when I lose 15 pounds, I'm going to be that person. Or when I get this you know, job or this promotion, or when I get the kids in school, then I'll finally get to be that person. Like, no, you can be that person right now. And that doesn't mean that you have to go march on Washington. There's a million ways that you can be the person you truly want to be. But take little steps to be that person. Even if you're a very quiet, timid, reserved person, there's ways that you can start to be the person that you want to be where maybe you've been holding back in the past. I'm also marching because I want to take action. I want to be heard. I want to be a part of history. I think that these are all really important things. These are things that I want to talk to Vinny about as he gets older. And I also want to be loud and proud for those who can't. There's a lot of people who can't go to the march in Washington. They can't go to their own local marches for various reasons. And so I want to be there and represent the women who can't be there themselves. And that's really important to me. So I know that I've had amazing people reach out to me. One of my mom's friends said $50 cash in a little card that said, 
use this money to go yell at Trump. And then one of my best friend's mom, Mary, Mary made me my own pussy hat, which I'm going to be wearing at the march. So people have reached out to me in different ways to say like, hey, I can't be there, but will you represent me in this way? Like, here's my money. Go put this toward your trip. Here's my hat. Please take it with you. I've had lots of other really amazing, encouraging messages sent to me. So there's a lot of people that want to participate in different ways. And this is my way of participating and also my way of participating for some people who I know would really love to be there, but for various reasons can't be there. So that's that piece. Let's go ahead and move into today's content, which is totally unrelated to why I'm Arch, but it's also really important. And I actually decided to talk about this today because I think it's at this time of year and shifting gears, let's dive into our content for today. So I wanted to talk about this today because we're approaching the end of January and January, it's funny. I was actually on a coaching call with my new business coach, Carrie Wilkerson, who I'm so enjoying. And it's this coaching group that I'm in. So she leads it. And we were talking about January and she was talking about how January is the PMS of the year. It's like the PMS month. It's the month where everyone is like, the weather isn't great. There's no big holidays to look forward to. You have spent all your money at Christmas. Everyone's just kind of down and out, right? And so she was talking about, she labeled it the recently to her husband. She's like, this is the PMS of all the months. Like, it's just, you're in it. You don't love it. It doesn't feel great. You might just want some chocolate and to curl up on the couch. And I was like, oh my gosh, totally. So what happens in January is we have these great ideas the beginning of January, we are like on fire. And it actually starts even at like the end of December. As you're being really indulgent, you're like, you know what? I'm going to be indulgent for a few more days and I can't wait for a fresh start in January. But then as you roll into January, there's no often, and sometimes this is different, but in many cases, there's no like really clear cut line that where the old year ends and the new year begins. In reality, December kind of bleeds into January. And 2016 kind of bleeds into 2017. So we don't have this clear cut line where like we're ending everything and then freshly starting everything else. It just that we always envision that it will happen that way and it doesn't usually. So we don't actually start our our exercise program on January 1st. We don't actually turn on over our diet on January 1st because we're kind of still in the holidays. Like the kids aren't back in school, whatever. So there's this like gray area. And oftentimes we get to the end of January and we're thinking and noticing, oh my gosh, like I had these plans for this month. I was like going to overhaul everything and I didn't overhaul anything. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you can get into an exercise program and make this super specific, how you can get into an exercise program and make it stick, whether you're starting on the first of the year, or you're starting on the first of February, or you're not starting on the first of anything. You're just starting on a random Thursday. It doesn't matter at all. But these are kind of four different areas that you need to have dialed in to make exercise stick. So I actually did a Facebook live about this recently on my gym page that was really well received. People had a lot of great feedback for it and I found it to be very helpful. So I wanted to talk to you guys about what I talked to them about and use some specific examples of my own personal experience with these things to kind of help you guys dial in how to make an exercise program stick. And when I talk about exercise, it can be something as formal as going to like an exercise class three days a week or working with a personal trainer a few times a week or anything that's, you know, very traditional exercise. It could also be like getting on a walking program. It could be starting swimming. It could be doing yoga. It could be just getting on like a stretching routine. So I'm using the term exercise very loosely. This is not like just limited to hardcore exercise that's like intended for extreme weight loss. And it's not that. It's just like 
self-care, movement, taking better care of yourself, getting in more steps per day, that kind of thing. So you can kind of make it more specific to your goals as you want to. All right. So first tip to making exercise stick, have an accountability plan. This means that you have someone or something holding you accountable. So it could start with putting your workouts on a calendar. So putting your workouts into your calendar phone could be involved, posting a calendar on your refrigerator. This is perfect for family life. You have a calendar on your fridge and it could just be like printed out pages of a Google calendar, or you can buy a little calendar, whatever is good for you. But you put it up on your refrigerator and you write on there like the days that you're working out and what you're doing and what time you're doing it. A few things happen with this. You have it noted for everyone in the family to see. So everyone's like, oh, okay, mom's working out at 6 a.m. tomorrow and at you know, 5 p.m. the next day. So they know that this is the schedule. So the first thing is they're not gonna put demands on your time because that's already known. And then the second piece is, you actually have to go do it now because you've put it on the family calendar. Like everyone's expecting you to actually show up for your life at this point and actually do the thing you said you're going to do. So that's multiple accountability in multiple directions there, which can be very, very helpful. It also gives you the chance to come home from those workouts and cross them off, like put an X through them, give yourself a little sticker, especially if you have little kids. I love the idea of having that accountability in there so that they see you like, yes, I did this. I'm checking it off. That's really, really helpful for them. I know that Vinny now is like coming down and doing a lot of my workouts with me, which I've mentioned before can be such a pain, but it's an extra level of accountability to me. And I like kind of have to slow down on my workouts and like let him be engaged as much as he wants to be. But I think it's really, really important and so extremely valuable. So from there, you need to tell people. So telling, you know, you post it on the fridge, you put it in your phone calendar, but then you actually tell people. So you tell your family, this is the plan. You might even tell people at work like, hey, I'm going to be leaving at, you know, 445 these three days a week because I'm going to do this thing. Or, hey, I'm going to be walking on my lunch hour for the next, you know, indefinitely. So, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. I'm going to be walking on my lunch hour. So just like, I'm not going to be available for calls or whatever, but I'll only be gone for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever. So having that all built in, just telling a few people, like they're not going to actually super keep tabs on you, hopefully. I mean, you want them to keep tabs on you as an, in a way of being supportive, but they're not going to be creepy about it. But the more people you tell, the more you say it out loud, the more you actually do the things you say you're going to do. The other thing you can do is have an actual workout buddy where you meet up to work out at the gym. So I know at Sync Fitness, I have a couple people who do this. Some people come with their spouse to the gym to work out. That is one great layer of accountability, especially when it involves getting up really early in the morning. You guys can like kick each other out of bed. But other people I know will meet friends at the gym. So I know like there's two women in particular I'm thinking of, Rebecca and Katie, who will meet each other at the gym and they'll like, you know, text each other in advance. Like, Hey, I'm going to be there at 6am. Okay. Me too. I'll see you there. And we have a lot of different people that do that. We even have people in our private Facebook group who will say like, Hey, I'm going to be there at 6am tomorrow, or I'm going to be there at 915am. Like who's in just for that layer of accountability. Cause once you put things out there, you're way more likely to actually show up for them. So it's not so much putting it out there to like, you know, people say like, Oh, I don't want to put my workouts on Facebook. And it's so, I don't need to like post gym selfies. Like, you know, you don't, I mean, you super, can post gym selfies. I've done it before. I post selfies, uh, workout selfie kinds of things all the time. I just today posted a workout picture after my workout, like showing my cup of coffee, my Lego, my Legos. Oh my God. Can you tell I have a four-year-old? Not my Legos, my leggings and my tennis shoes. And just showing like, Hey, I've been sick for a couple days, but I'm back in the game. Like it's not any big bragging thing. It's just like, Hey, this is me and I'm back in it. So those layered accountability can be really, really significant. And what happens is 
when you start doing that, people start cheering for you. They're like, yes, go get it. Like whenever my gym members post on their public Facebook page that they're going to get in a 6am workout or that they just got home from a 6am workout or whatever time of day it is, but 6am gets extra props because in Seattle, it's like so cold and dark. Although it's so cold and dark all day long right now in Seattle, but people will like totally cheer for them and be like, yay, you're amazing. Oh my gosh, I could never do that. You're so cool. So they're totally inspiring other people. And you know, what's crazy the people who get inspired over time start making healthier changes too. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So having that accountability plan is important. So take notes, re-listen to that section. If you didn't quite let it sink in, figure out what your accountability plan is and what's going to work best for you and then follow it. Number two, the second tip for making exercise stick is doing something that you actually enjoy. This doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt sometimes because sometimes it will hurt and that's okay. But don't do something that you absolutely hate. So the first time I took a spinning class, it was torture. At the time I was doing a ton of distance running. And with that distance running, I thought like, Hey, I can like run 13 miles without stopping. I'm pretty sure I'm good in a spin class. Like I'm pretty sure I can sit on a bike and pedal for an hour. Not a problem. You know what? I got 10 minutes into that spin class and I was done. My legs were toast. The teacher did not teach me how to prepare myself for a spin class and how to like kind of acclimate to that and especially moving between athletic modalities. So to go from running to biking and especially biking fast, it's like completely different. So she didn't say like, keep your tension kind of light on the bike and like, let yourself get warmed up. So I basically like put my bike on a mountain setting and just kept it there. And in 10 minutes I was done. Like I could not move. And so I did not go back to spin class for about a year and a half because it was so horrible. And the teacher was never supportive. She never checked in on me during class. So I was like, why would I ever do that again? It was horrible. So don't do the things that you hate. Now I will say, if you do something one time and you have a bad experience, that that doesn't give you permission to hate it just yet. Because I did go back to spin class a year and a half later with a different teacher and I fell in love with spinning. And I started using spinning in my off season for triathlon to work on just having time on the bike, to work on my leg turnover and my speed. And it was amazing. I loved it so much that I started teaching spin and I taught it for years. And it was an integral part of my like athletic endeavors at that time was like getting in spin classes multiple times a week. And in the middle of winter in Seattle, when I couldn't be out on my bike on the street, I would get in those spin classes and I would go straight downstairs and get on the treadmill afterwards. And I would get in brick workouts. It was amazing. It was so great. So you have to try something more than once sometimes just to make sure that you actually don't like it. But the things that don't make you tick, don't do them. Find the things that you actually enjoy. So like if you've tried running multiple times and you hate it, don't run, try something else. I know for me, I remember the first time I went to a boxing class, which was like actual gloves and bags boxing. I've done kickboxing, which doesn't require equipment, but I went to a class with bags, with punching bags and gloves and hand wraps and all that. I called my husband from the car afterwards and I was like, I'm not exactly sure what's happening right now, but I'm like, I think I'm on drugs because I'm so high from this workout experience. It was amazing. It was like a game changer in my workouts for a while. I loved boxing. I actually still love boxing, but the boxing gym I really love is like an hour away from my house. So I don't get to do it anymore because it just isn't feasible for me at this time. But for a few years there, I was driving across town a couple times a week to just bang on those bags. And I loved it. And it never felt like a workout. It was like, oh, I get to go do this thing that is so fun. So find the thing that you like. When it comes to group exercise classes, like my boot camp, for example, or the workouts that I do at home, which are often very boot camp styled workouts, 
I don't always love them while I'm doing them, but they always make me feel good. And part of the reason I work out is to feel strong and to feel powerful and to feel capable. So for me, like even if a workout feels hard while I'm doing it, if the end result is that I feel those things when I'm done, then I've met my goal. So finding something that you enjoy doesn't mean that you love every minute that you're doing it. It means that at the end of the workout, you're like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. If you get to the end of the workout and you've done it a few times and you're like, oh my God, I'm not really glad that I did that then you need to reassess. So like, you know, I know I've heard a lot of people talk about hot yoga, like they've tried it multiple times, it just doesn't stick with them. Like, that's great. Don't do that. Same thing with like I mentioned with running, find the things that you really like. Like I'm not a good, I cycled for triathlon because I needed to. I'm actually a pretty good cyclist. I don't really enjoy it though. Like I don't like the solitude of it. I don't like going really long distances, especially like in the city, it's hard to find places you can go long distances. I'm terrified of getting a flat and being like stuck in the middle of nowhere by myself and not being able to fix it. So like cycling is just not my thing. So I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what gives me the rewards that really work for me. So you have to do through some trial and error, figure out what you enjoy and what really works for you. Another part of finding what you enjoy is be okay with not always pushing 100%. So that doesn't mean that like, you go lackadaisically through your workouts, but it means that it's okay to have a variety of intensity based on where your body is at on any given day. So some workouts you're gonna be like, today it's on. And other workouts you're gonna be like, you know what, today it is not on. So perfect example, I just took three days off because I've been sick. This morning when I got up, I was like, you know, I don't really know if I should work out. Like my throat is still scratchy. I feel better, but I'm not really sure. So I was like, I'm just gonna get started and see how it feels no expectations. If I have to stop, no big deal. But I actually, once I got started, I felt great. I did a 45 minute workout. I felt good the whole time. I did not push at hundred percent. I probably pushed at like 60 to 75% maybe throughout the whole thing. Like I never went all in on it because I was like, I just want to like get through this and feel like, okay, like I'm back. I don't want to step backwards in my recovery from illness by doing a super hardcore workout. And so you have to check in with your body every day and know where you're at. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down, 
Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Every single day that you exercise during the week, you should have a day or two that are harder and a day or two that are easier. So there should be fluctuation in your efforts, in your workouts. You should not be going 110% every single workout. That does not benefit your body. You actually want some recovery movement is actually really helpful. So if you really love hardcore workouts, so let's say you do mostly boot camp or you do mostly like Orange Theory Fitness or things like that, or mostly CrossFit, things that are super intense, then make sure that you build in a day or two of active recovery. So that might be yoga, it might be Pilates, it might be walking, it might be like going for like a leisurely hike. So it can be something that's pretty mellow where you're still moving, but it's not going to be something that puts stress on your body. You don't want every workout to be putting stress on your body because you actually do need rest and recovery to build the strength and get the gains from the hardcore workouts. The next part of doing what you enjoy is making sure that the atmosphere and the environment is right for you. So you need to like enjoy the community that you're in. So I always say this when people come in to try out my gym, I say like, make sure that you actually feel the vibe here. Like if this is not your vibe, please don't feel bad about not coming back. Like I want you to want to be here and I want you to feel like, yes, these are my people. If you come in, you're like, these are totally not my people. That's cool. Go find your people somewhere else. Like I'm totally fine with that. And there's been times in the past where people have like come in and they've told me like why my people aren't their people and like wanted me, I don't know if they like thought I'd send out a bulletin to everyone like change who they were or something. But I was like, cool, like, and here's some other places that might be your people, but we're not your people and that's okay. So it's okay to shop around a little bit for an environment that works for you or for a trainer who works for you. Like just don't go for the first person because someone else liked them, you know, someone might say like, oh, I love my trainer is the best in the world. And then you go and you're like, eh. I mean, maybe he's the best in the world, but maybe this isn't exactly the right fit for me. And then you just stick with it because you feel like, well, oh, he's the best in the world. I need to stick with it. Like, no, like find someone where it really feels like a good match for you or if the community feels like a good match for you. Or if you're like me and you work out at home, make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing at home. So I know for me, like I'm doing, I use the Beachbody On Demand app right now, which I love. And I can do a ton of variation between workouts and between programs with that. So I can really kind of curtail it to what I need on any given day. Although usually I stick with, a program with a calendar to it. And I follow the calendar exactly because I'm super nerdy type A. And that's what these kind of people do. We follow exact rules all the time. (laughs) Okay. My number three tip to making exercise stick is tell other people. So we already talked about telling other people in terms of accountability, but tell other people as a means of sharing your wins. It is okay to share your wins. It's okay to be proud. It's okay to tell other people like, oh my God, I just ran three miles or I just walk ran three miles or I just ran three blocks or I ran 10 miles or I went to a boot camp for the first time and I was like so nervous. I thought I was going to pee my pants and throw up at the same time, but I made it and I did it. I might not be able to walk for a couple days, but I made it and I did it. It is okay to share those wins and to be really exultant about them and to be like 
on top of the world. It, that is okay. Women do not do this enough. We do not share our wins. We do not brag about ourselves. We just kind of keep it like super quiet and like, well, I don't, I don't want to tell everyone what I'm doing. I don't want to seem like I'm bragging and I don't want to be like humble bragging on Facebook. Oh my God, it's okay to humble brag about workouts on Facebook, especially if it's something that's new and scary to you. And you can say that in your humble brags. <laughs> like, you guys, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I just went and did this new workout. I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. And I just wanted to say that like sometimes we can do hard things. It doesn't need to be just like a picture of you flexing. And like it never needs to be a picture of you viewing your six-pack abs. Like if you want to show your six-pack abs, that's fine. Most people that I know are kind of turned off by that. Most people don't find that super inspirational. So if you have a great message behind your six-pack abs, please share that. But don't just like post a bunch of vanity workout pictures because that's not really inspirational to anyone. I mean, if you want to take those pictures and like keep them to yourself, that's great. Maybe text them to a few people who might be really into them and excited about them. But if you have a great message behind them, if you're like, wow, like look how far I've come or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. It was so hard. And you happen to be showing like some muscles or a six pack or whatever behind that, that's different. Like if there's a compelling story behind it, that's actually inspiring, then, oh my gosh, like own it, totally do that. But don't just like be showy in vain. And I think you all know the difference between what I'm talking about. I think we've seen a million examples of this on the internet, so I'm not going to explain it to death. The other part of this is that you never know who you're inspiring. So I started talking about this earlier. You never know who is watching you and who is learning from you. And the people who are the most quiet are the people who are saying like, oh my gosh, if she can do it, I can do it. But they're not going to say that to you for a really long time. So you just keep going out there and you just keep doing, taking your baby steps to meet your goals and being accountable to yourself and sharing your wins and these appropriate ways. And at some point, people will come to you and they will say, I did this because I saw you do it. Or I've noticed what you've been doing and I really want to try something like that myself. Or do you think you could help me find something like what you're doing where I live, or maybe could you tell me some of the things that you're doing so maybe I could start trying to implement a few of them too. So people will come to you. You will inspire other people. And this will be people in your family. This will be people in your office. It'll be people all over. I can tell you that when I started working as a personal trainer years ago, 13 years ago now, 14 years ago now, oh my gosh, my mom did not exercise. My sister did not exercise. My husband, who I met very shortly after becoming a trainer, did not exercise. Nine years after meeting my husband, he started running. Nine years. I never once talked to him about how he should exercise. My mom started exercising when she retired about 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. I never once talked to her about exercise. I never once said you should join a gym. My sister started running this year for the first time. I've never told her she should start running. Now, I'm not saying that they did this, you know, 100% because of me at all. But I do think that when you see someone else modeling these behaviors over and over and over, then you think like, oh, like if they could do it, I can do it. If they can do it, like I could at least try it. Maybe I'll just go see what it's all about. And all three of them, my husband, my sister, my mom, all did it really quietly. Like they didn't come to me and say like, so now I'm going to start doing this thing. They just kind of quietly started doing it. And then they were like, yeah, so I'm kind of doing this. And it was this like, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but I'm just going to try it. And now they all, like my husband runs three days a week. My sisters can run three miles now, which she could definitely not have done, you know, six months ago. My mom swims sometimes four or five days a week. So big, big things have happened that have been life-changing and life-giving to them because they've just been quietly watching the things that other people are doing. 
So again, I'm not taking credit for all of that, but I just think it's important that you know and understand that you are inspiring other people. Number four, the fourth tip to making exercise stick, you have to be in it for the long haul. Because you know what? I'm going to totally burst your bubble here. No doctor is ever going to be like, you know, I just wanted to let you know that you've actually exercised as much as you ever need to exercise in your life. So you can just stop now. Like you're good. You've exercised for a couple of years, but you can stop and you don't have to exercise for the next 30 to 40 years of your life. Like you've already put in your time. That's just not going to happen. So I'm really sorry if you've been waiting for that moment, but it will never come. The only thing you're ever going to hear is that you should continue to exercise on a regular basis more days than not. Intensity doesn't always matter that much. Modality in terms of what you actually do doesn't matter that much, but movement matters. And I don't think that that's ever going to be disputed. And so if you know you have to do this for the long haul, you better find a way to be accountable to it and you better find something that you enjoy because otherwise it's going to be a real long slog and you're going to be mentally cycling through these efforts and attempts and failures over and over again. And that is so hard on you emotionally. And I see this all the time where someone's like, I'm going to work out seven days a week. And they do it for like three or four weeks. And then they're like, oh my God, and now my knees are killing me and I'm exhausted and I'm cranky and I'm starving and I'm not going to work out again for three months. So you have to be in it for the long haul. That means you have to create a buzz about it a buzz of pride around your routine. Make it one of the things about you that you are most proud of. So it might sound really cheesy, but I'm really proud of myself that one of the most non-negotiable things in my life is that I wake up and work out Monday through Friday without giving it a second thought. That is not something that came easy to me. When I got my thumb broken in PE class in high school and I had to sit out of PE class for six weeks, There was no greater gift than getting out of exercise. No amount of money could bring me the joy that getting out of six weeks of PE class brought me. So to be able to say I exercise five to six days a week and I really truly enjoy it and it's the first thing I do in the morning when I get up, that is a big deal. That has been a game changer for me in my life. It's a big, big deal. So I have a lot of pride around that and I keep it like it's in the front of my mind and I constantly create buzz around it. Like, yes, like this is what I'm doing and I'm loving it and I'm changing it up and I'm trying this out. And like, it's just, I hype it up in my mind constantly and not because, oh my gosh, I really want to lose 15 pounds or oh, I want to fit into this or I want to fit into that. Like, no, it's just part of what I do and it's part of what makes me tick. It's part of what makes me feel strong and it makes me feel strong in other areas of my life. So I have to do it because I can't be, as powerful in every area of my life if I'm not powerful in this area of my life. So I'm acutely aware of that all the time. It's a huge part of my identity. And you know what? If I wasn't a trainer and if I didn't own a gym, that would still be the case. Because long before I was a trainer, I had started this exercise thing and I've been quietly doing it for quite a while. And it was just as important then as it is now. So it's not just because I actually have to walk the walk. It's because it's that meaningful in my life and it always will be. So with that, Madonna recently received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Billboard Music Awards. And in that, Madonna said, in life, there is no real safety except self-belief. And I thought this was so true and so perfect for so many things. Because when you start seeing yourself as strong, powerful, and capable, you actually will desire the behaviors and the habits that truly make you strong, powerful, and capable. So 
when you start seeing yourself that way, then you actually start to hold those self-beliefs and you behave differently because you believe that about yourself. So it becomes this very beautiful little harmony of acting in a way that is strong, powerful, and capable because you are physically doing things that are strong, powerful, and capable, and you see yourself that way. So I would encourage you, as you think about how you want exercise to look in your life in the next year, which is now almost only 11 months left of it, think about how can you have an accountability plan? How can you do something that you truly enjoy? How will you keep yourself accountable? And what can you brag about? Like, how are you going to share your wins? How are you going to reward yourself for meeting goals and just for getting it in? Meeting goals, by the way, does not mean losing X amount of pounds. It does not mean like pushing a certain amount of weight. Meeting goals can be like, I showed up to my workout twice this week. Meeting goals can be like, I drank more water today. So when a lot of times people are like, oh, like I'm not going to reward myself until I lose 57 pounds. Like, oh my God, please reward yourself way before you lose 57 pounds. You should reward yourself for the very first workout you ever show up for. And you should reward yourself for like the very first salad you eat after three days of like pizza and fast food. Reward yourself immediately for small little wins. So then lastly, being in it for the long haul. Think about how are you going to be in this for the long haul? If this is something you truly desire in your life in 2017, how will you do it in a way that you can stay in it? It's not just something that you're going to be doing. It's not a seven-day detox. It's not a 30-day fix. It is, this is my new life. This is how I'm going to do this for the long run. So with that... If you have a new exercise program that you have questions about or you're like, oh, I'm not really sure about this, shoot me some questions. I would love to do like an episode with questions on exercise because this is so fun for me to talk about. So if you have any specific questions about exercise or questions about like what to do or what's the best thing for different scenarios, feel free to shoot me your questions. You can shoot everything over to info at shamelessmom.com and I would be happy to answer your questions personally and I can email you back and then I can also, if there's questions I think would be appropriate on a bigger platform, I would also be more than happy to share things in a separate podcast episode. So with that, hey, did you already go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and leave the review? Because we can sit and wait while you do it. Do, 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 sitting and waiting. <laughs> so go ahead and go and leave a review for the Shameless Mom Academy over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And then if this is your first time listening, know that we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can subscribe by going to that same link, shamelessmom.com forward slash review, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, and then you will get our new episodes as soon as they are released every Monday and Wednesday, very early in the morning. And then lastly, and most importantly, if you think this episode would be helpful, if you know someone who's been wanting to start exercising and they and struggling with it. Or if you just want to say like, hey, I'm going to start an exercise program and this is my accountability, share this episode out. You can go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 95 to get the link to this episode, or you can go to any of our social media channels at Instagram and Facebook over at the Shameless Mom Academy and get links from this episode to share from social media platforms and let other people know like, hey, now I have a plan. I can't wait to execute. And this is what I'm going to do. And thank you, Shameless Mom Academy, for giving me these helpful hints to get started. So see, I just did all the work for you so you can inspire other people. Wasn't that nice of me? You're welcome. Okay. So have a fantastic day. I can't wait to check in with you next week. We have our interview coming up on Wednesday. So you can listen to, we have a fantastic interview lined up. And then on Monday, make sure that you come back to hear about my time at the Women's March in DC. So have a great day. Have a fantastic week. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. 
two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.